You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins, with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Well, welcome to the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the pitch. Hit high in the air, right field. Polka back. He'll turn around and go. Max Kepler with a new career high, 20 home runs. A lot of memories to be made still for Max Kepler in a Minnesota Twins uniform. Max is going to join us right out of the gate here as part of our hot stove show as the uh, full team is reported to Fort Myers and the uh, sports complex there to get ready uh, for the 2019 campaign. We'll hear from Jason Castro a little bit later on, but let's start with Max. And Max, congratulations in order. You made some news along with your longtime friend, teammate, roommate, Jorge Polanco, even before the full squads reported to uh, to camp, uh, as you guys uh, signed uh, some long-term deals here last Friday, had to be a great feeling. And I think the the biggest thing I want to get to is that this doesn't happen alone. Now, you've worked incredibly hard, but this had to mean a lot not just to you, but but to your entire family. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's a special special thing that happened to both of us. Still kind of surreal to me. I don't think it's ever going to really sink in. Um, you know, maybe for the better though. Keep my my mind focused on the game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think my family is, uh, you know, more ecstatic than I am about it, to be honest, because I'm just here to get to work and it's, you know, the same old, same old, go to the yard, uh, you know, put in the hours and make as many improvements as you can while you can. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful for, you know, the second opportunity, um, which came, you know, nine years after I first signed, um, I get to tack on another five, six. So it's, it's, it's very special and I'm very very appreciative of that. And had to be kind of neat to be sitting alongside Jorge, who was a guy who, like you, signed as a young teenager in 2009. Yeah. Um, he was my very first roommate. And like I said before, we, we met each other. We didn't speak uh, a lick of each other's language um, and kind of, you know, just just understood each other through sign language and, uh, you know, emotions and needs, you know, if we needed to eat or use the bathroom, leave the room, whatnot. Um but yeah, little by little, we started to learn each other's language and communi- communicate better. And not just, you know, off the field. We also learned a lot from each other on the field, playing together. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty special to get to, you know, uh, look into the future together with, with, you know, day one, someone that you started this career out with. Well, this all happened before officially position players reported to camp. You guys are fully on board now, though. You're coming off the field after a a workout in Fort Myers uh, earlier today. Every year that you've come back as a major leaguer, you've improved dramatically in some specific part of your game. Last year, much better against left-handed pitching. Part of that was opportunity. H- had maybe your best defensive year uh, a- as a major leaguer. Was there anything in particular you were looking to work on specifically in this past offseason? It's always the mental aspect of the game for me. Um, Obviously, I work on my hitting, my defense, and but that all kind of comes with it and naturally. Um, but I've always tried to improve and um, become more advanced mentally and 
pretty much that's just, you know, bouncing back as fast as you can from uh, failure and, you know, a week or a day or how, however long you're struggling going through a, uh, a slump or any adversity to just bounce back as fast as you can. And, yeah, the best players, you watch them, um, they're unfazed by any type of adversity in there. They're pitch to pitch is uh, the best way of, you know, refreshing that mind of theirs. And their approach is never, you know, altered by any type of failure. And I feel like in the past in my young career, um, as a younger player, when you come into times of doubt like that, you, you immediately try and change stuff in your approach, your swing, um, you know, your mechanics. And to me, it's just, you know, sticking w with my strengths and really believing, through, believing in them throughout the whole year, um, regardless of what the results are. Uh, day in, day out. Um, yeah. Max, that's yeah. some really interesting stuff. And, and when people talk about wanting to get stronger, they can go lift weights. When they want to work on their swing, you can get in the cage. How does one work on the mental side of things in the off season? Are there drills you can do mentally to, to, to get yourself in the right frame of mind? There's people you can talk to about it, you know, mental coaches that they make a profession out of, um, whether it's therapists or, you know, just sports-oriented people. Um, but yeah, there's, I think, endless amounts of training for it. Um, it's just whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. And again, it's something I think that's going to become more and more prevalent in the world of sports. Now, you talk about having that same approach, even when you're not getting the results you want. Your surface numbers were fine last year, but I have to think that you get a boost looking at the deeper numbers. And this is something the front office has brought up continually in terms of just barreling up the ball consistently you had a heck of a year last season. Now, the uh, the instinct sometimes is to try to change when those line drives aren't turning into hits. Mm -hmm. But I would guess for you, part of the battle is no. Just just keep stroking those line drives. Yeah, you know, I heard uh, s stats being thrown around that I had the lowest batting average on balls in play in the league. Somewhere m midway through the season last year. And, you know, it's kind of like, am I just having bad luck or am I, is my launch angle off? Because now everyone's buying into that. Um, but I really didn't try and change too much. There were times, yeah, where I doubted, you know, my what I was working on wasn't working for me. So I kind of got away from that. But I think I made some, some key adjustments. And, yeah, some balls just, you know, didn't find holes. Um, but I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And... Yeah, just focus on my strengths, mainly. Yeah, and that pretty swing is one of your strengths, no two questions about it. And Thank Max you. Kepler is our guest, joining us from spring training here on the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And maybe one of the few times that I sensed any frustration from you, as long as I've known you, was when the topic of shifts would come up. I feel like you were a guy who got shifted more last year than you probably had. And you told us, at, at in fact, one point on the air, uh, that you were going to figure out a way to deal with those shifts is that been part of your approach coming into this year or are you just going to forget about where they're lined up and try to barrel things up yeah I'm, i mean i'm still working on my bunts um especially the push bunt down the third baseline um if they give it to me I'm, i mean i'm gonna give them a bunt and take my base hit um but i also you know want to always improve my my power numbers so it has to come hand in hand and at the right time um but yeah I can still run. <laughs> yeah, you can still run. No two questions. <laughs> no question about that either. Uh, hey, last year you spent the bulk of the year without one of your closest friends, and that was Byron Buxton, who you'd been lining up next to for a long time. If I'd see one of you, I felt like I always saw both of you or even maybe all three of you outfielders together. How nice is it to have Byron back lined up next to you when you look to your right? 
It's great. It's great. Um, and he's coming into camp with a lot of enthusiasm, energy, and he looks like he's ready to get after it. And he's just excited to be back with the boys. You know, Max, I look at this group, and you're a big part of the core of it. I feel like this is a fun team. Uh, and people talk, they can throw numbers around or projections or whatever, but putting all that aside, I feel like with the mix of personalities and skill sets, this is a team that's built to play an exciting brand of baseball, uh, a first to third brand of baseball, a never out of it type of baseball, beat you in a couple of different ways with power, with speed, uh, with defense. Would you agree with that? Yeah, um, I was talking about it with one of my teammates earlier in camp. Well, it's early, but a couple of days earlier. And, yeah, we looked around just throughout the lineup and pretty stunned by, you know, how much power um, is going to be running through that whole lineup. Um, but, yeah, we got – we I, I got to say we got it all. I mean, we just have to put it to work and let things fly and play easy. And uh, the vibe in camp feels pretty, pretty, you know, adequate to it. So I think we'll be good as long as we just play loose, like Rocco's been saying. And – um, relax and have fun out there and you know jello is a unit and um, build relationships like like I have been throughout this whole journey of baseball um, I think we'll be just fine and it's going to be definitely very fun to watch you know Max Rocco talks about players being at their best when they're relaxed they feel comfortable and you mentioned playing loose not everybody is wired like that are, are you a guy who is wired like that do you feel you play better when you're loose and when you're relaxed, or are you a guy who likes to be a little more uh, toe the line? I think I'm the balance of those two. Um, but I always look back to, you know, the funner seasons I've had. And it was uh, a year in Chattanooga um, where I had the most fun, I think, in a long time. And it was just, you just go out and have fun. And your mind really wasn't occupied with a bunch of thoughts on what you have to work on. You just, everything came naturally and easy. And, that also goes for, uh, you know, the people around you. If, if they're on the same page, then that's going to flow. So it has to it has to be um, as a unit. Yeah, that unit's sure. been together a long time. You've had a lot of success, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it this year at Target Field. Max, congratulations. Have a great camp. Look forward to seeing you up here on opening day. Thank you. Thank you. That's Twins outfielder Max Kepler. This is the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. Well, his contract extension got camp off on a uh, right foot, and we got our show off on the right foot tonight as well. But we've got much more still to come. Jason Castro joins us next from Fort Myers right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Twins Hot Stove Show. Whether you're listening all across Twins territory on our wonderful network of affiliates, maybe you're on Facebook Live today. If so, a big hello to you. Or maybe you've uh, downloaded this and you're listening in podcast form wherever you get your Twins podcast. We are glad to have you with us. The Twins Hot Stove Show is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. We've already heard from Max Kepler. We've got Jason Castro standing by, but also want to announce our winner of our What's Brewing competition from a week ago. Our question was a fairly simple one with full squad reporting to camp this week. What, as a fan, were you most looking forward to about spring training? And Peter Gasperlin, who goes by the handle at Gassy Graffer, is our winner. He's going to get a case of Killer Root Beer. Peter, looking forward to pregame tailgating, seeing green grass on the field, hearing the crack of the bat, and postgame dinner at Dixie Fish. So very uh, specific there. And, Peter, for your efforts, 
You are What's Brewing winner. You'll win a case of Killebrew Root Beer. If you'd like to join Peter in the winner circle, here's our question this week. You can play at Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio. You just heard Max Kepler, uh, and he was kind of speculating and uh, in awe at the, the amount of power on this roster right now. So in very simplest terms, who leads the 2019 Twins in home runs? Uh, tell us who. Tell us why. At Twins Radio, hashtag Twins Radio, a chance to win a case of Killebrew Root Beer. Jason Castro, kind enough to join us now from spring training in Fort Myers here on the Twins Hot Stove Show. And Jason, first and foremost, welcome. You have been at it a little longer than some of your uh, position playing teammates with the pitchers and catchers reporting a week ago. And I want to start with a, a little nugget that Derek Shelton dropped on us last week. They're actually treating you like human beings this year. You get to hit before you have to go do all your catching work. Yeah, when I heard that, I was pretty excited. Um, it's been uh, it's been a really smooth camp so far. I mean, uh, you know, credit to uh, to Shelty for for putting together the the schedule the way that he did. And I, I knew that he was you know it was a point of emphasis going in, and, and it's gone uh, it's gone really well. I mean, um, you know, getting the work in we need to do, but but also not being out there just for the sake of standing around. So it's been great. You know, and we kind of joke about it, but I go back to something Kurt Suzuki told me. His first camp with the A's is a big league camp. He, he didn't even get to hit with the other team. By the time he was done catching all the bullpens and doing all the work, everybody else was gone. And for you guys as catchers to have a chance to hit before being all worn out from catching 15 bullpens and doing your blocking drills, that, that is a, a, an actual tangible change. It is, yeah, I mean, and we definitely appreciate it. I mean, I remember my, you know, first four or five spring trainings. It was kind of the same way that that Zook described. I mean, you you got there and you you were a catcher first and foremost, and and if there was enough time to hit, you know, then then you got in what you could. But, um, you know, the the emphasis was, you know, the the last kind of priority was hitting. So it's it's nice to kind of make some time for that and to get that in, and, um, you know, we we definitely have enough time to do everything. So. Um, it, it's been uh, it's been a nice change for sure. You have enough time, and it's starting a little bit later on now. For a guy who's got a newborn at home still, or a couple of month old baby at home still, uh, you appreciate those couple extra hours in the morning to hit the snooze button. I definitely appreciate the sleep. Yeah, um, you know we start a little bit later, but we're still getting off the field probably around the same time, which is nice. You know that kind of goes back to that um, efficient schedule that we're running. Um, you know, from from one station to the next, getting the work in and moving on and, and keeping the pace going. So uh, it's nice we don't have to get here, you know, at the crack of dawn, and, and uh, we're still getting in the same amount of work and um, just being smarter about the way we do it. So it's it's a, a pleasant change. Let's talk catching specifically, Jason. Uh, you're working your way back from the injury. You're healthy, but obviously you're not going to push it too hard here in the first couple of weeks at camp. You've got Mitch Garver. You've got the star of Camp Williams, Ostadio, probably drawing the, the paparazzi to your catching work. But more importantly, you mentioned Derek Shelton. He's running camp as the bench coach, catching background. Bill Evers is the new guy who's going to be working with the catchers specifically, and he's a guy who's been around a long, long time, highly respected, and he's kind of retooled some of the stuff you've done. And then throw on top of that, new pitching coach as well, who the catchers have to be uh, right in sync with. A lot of new faces for you. Uh, how is the time broken down for catchers? You mentioned the work that needs to get done. There's a lot of it. How do you guys break it down to make sure you're handling the pitching staff, you're working on the, the catching and receiving skills, and, and then obviously the hitting as well? Yeah, so, uh, you know, like we said, hitting hitting comes first, and then uh, after that we break off into our uh, smaller groups and 
Um, we have an individual defense station for catchers, so that's where we're getting with Bill and with Tanner Swanson, uh, minor league catching coordinator, and, and you know really kind of going over the the skill of the day. So um, a lot of focus on re- on receiving pitches, um, different drills. There's different stations set up, so there's multiple drills going on at the same time. So that kind of goes back to um, some of that efficiency of, of uh, station timing and everything. So we get a ton of work in a, in a shorter amount of time and. Um, you know, so the, the typical things working on blocking and working on footwork, but, um, a lot of emphasis on, on, you know, working with everybody as a unit, um, you know, different, different ideas of receiving and, and how to get our bodies in the best position to do so. Um, and then right after that, uh, we, we get our, whoever we're catching for the day and, uh, get with them and, um, you know, kind of go over, uh, what the plan is as far as uh, what they're working on and then and then moving on from there. I think that's also one thing that uh, Wes, a uh, new pitching coach, came in and, and really wanted to uh, establish right away is, is to get the pitchers on board with having a plan before they even start their pen and what they want to work on for that day. So it's been nice to, to see them instead of just like, oh, I think I'll throw a, a couple curveballs and then maybe mix in a pitcher two here and there uh, they already know what they're going to do going in and so it kind of speeds up the bullpen process as well well you mentioned the word kind of have a plan and and buy in to what they're doing I think buy in's a big part of it when you have new staff and I sense that this pitching staff was eager for what Wes had to say even at Twins Fest uh, and and then a guy like Mitch Garver talking about wanting to improve his catching and having Tanner come out to Albuquerque to work with him, making a trip to Fort Myers. Now, you went through that yourself as a young catcher. You were kind of probably known more for your bat than for your defense and became one of the top receivers in the ball in the game. So you know it's possible. Are, are you kind of helping Mitch in that process? Are you excited to see the way that he's embracing trying to get better at that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that um... – you know, I put a lot of emphasis on, um, you know, after, I mean, this was probably about four years into my big league career. I, it wasn't really something that people ever talked about was, you know, how to become a better receiver. Um, and then once that kind of shifted and, and you kind of changed your, your mindset on, on how to do it and how you approach catching a baseball, um, you know, that really was when the, the kind of switch uh, got flipped for me and, and um really just changed the way I thought about catching the ball, let alone, you know, how to go about doing it. So um, to see Mitch kind of going through that and, and uh, putting in the time and the effort to, to get better, it's it's uh, it's nice to see. He was talking about wanting to dominate at the bottom of the zone. Is, is that where you can steal more strikes? I mean, I think we often think about the corners a lot, but is the bottom of the zone a, a gold mine if you know how to work it? Yeah, I mean, that's one of the the harder pitches to catch, especially at this level with guys throwing hard and with good, you know, down action in the zone. The, the One of the toughest things to do is to get under that pitch and, and prevent it from pulling your glove down out of the strike zone. So um, to be able to counteract that movement is, is something that is, can play a huge role. Um, you know, if you have guys with, with good action in the bottom of the zone, like we do, like Barrios and um, you know, Kyle Gibson and, and Cole Stewart, guys that have some, you know, good life on their ball. If you can keep that ball in the zone and, and not get pulled out, that's, uh, you know, that can be a huge uh, uh, factor in, in, you know, changing counts in our favor. Jason Castro is our guest, Twins catcher. Glad to have him aboard the Hot Stove Show here tonight, brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, joining us live from Fort Myers as part of spring training. First full week of uh, the entire squad being in camp and after being in, there for a week with just pitchers and catchers and getting some of that work done uh, what's the the change in energy like when the whole room fills up it's great I mean we got a lot of new faces in camp but um, you know it's been 
it's been good getting to know all the guys. Everybody seems like they, they fit right in. Um, you know, I think that's a good sign is, is when, when everybody's getting along early, even though guys don't really know each other that well, it's uh, it's only going to mean good things for, for once the season starts. So staff came in real excited, um, you know, a lot of energy, and, and that definitely carries over into uh, – uh, the feeling on the field for sure. A lot of energy and a lot of information, whether that's uh, Wes with the work he's always done, whether it's the cameras that we'll talk about in a little bit installed. Now that's always been one of your great skills is disseminating information in game speed and game situations to pitchers and filtering out the stuff that's going to cloud their brains and, and just getting them what they need. I would guess that for you, spring training, new pitching staff, uh, some new information, new coaches, almost like cramming for finals for, for a catcher at this point of the year? It can be, yeah. I mean, you're trying to, to learn as, as many new guys as you can uh, before games start. I mean, obviously, that that's the goal. It's never going to happen. But um, getting on the same page as much as you can prior to the, the first live pitch, it, it definitely helps things kind of transition a little smoother when games get going. Um but, you know, like you said, going back to the amount of information we have, I mean, it, it's uh, it's for me not necessarily a new thing. For, for some guys it's a little bit newer, but um, it, it's nice to see guys um, learn about, you know, why guys are, are preaching certain things and, and how Wes gets a lot of his information. And you know it's not just a, you know, he's not just, you know, grabbing straws. He's, he's actually got a reason and some data behind what he's preaching, and, and he can point it out and show you, you know, this is why I want you to do this is because this is where your strengths are, and, and this is where you can get guys out, and, and here's the data to back that up. So it's uh, it's been nice to see. I think guys are taking to it really well, and, and um, you know, I think it's going to mean good things during the season. That's the voice of Twins catcher Jason Castro. We'll take a break on the Twins Hot Stove Show. Come back three cuts with Jason when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to our final segment, another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show. It's cold and snowy up here in Twins territory. It's warm and sunny in Fort Myers. That's where we find Jason Castro, also where we were joined earlier by Max Kepler. Our program, of course, is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created and legends are made. And if you want to find a case of Killebrew Root Beer products on your front porch, well, you can play our What's Brewing contest. Just tell us simply who's going to lead the 2019 Twins in home runs. Hashtag Twins Radio at Twins Radio on your Twitter account, and you've got a chance to win. Right now, though, it's three cuts with Jason Castro. And, Jason, we start with the, the really hard stuff early on. Uh, you and your wife welcomed a new member of the family this past fall, uh, daughter Rowan, joining uh, your son Brady. So I will ask you the tough question. As a catcher, you have to multitask. Was it harder when Brady was born and you'd never change diapers, learning to change the diaper, or changing diapers now with a young toddler running around uh, at your ankles while you're trying to do it? Oh, uh, that's easy. 100% when, when Brady was born. I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, it came back to me pretty quickly once uh, once Rowan came along. So uh, trying to figure it out for the first time, I'd say, was definitely harder. So Brady doesn't run interference, not, uh, oh, not get it No, away. he does. He definitely does. But um, I'm a little quicker at what I do now, so um, <laughs> I, I got it down. I can kind of fight him off with a leg and, and change the diapers real quick before it becomes an issue. Your pop time is solid is what you're telling exactly me. all yeah. right well i think jake odorizzi had a had a new baby as well around the same time every time you go to the mound to talk to jake i'll assume that's what you guys are talking about you're talking there about you changing diapers yeah uh, let's move on to the mound with our second question a lot being made about the pitch clock that's going to be utilized in some of these spring training games uh your thoughts is there going to be an impact uh is it eyewash uh is it the right length of time 
from your experiences, what do you think about the pitch clock? Not from the pitcher's perspective, but but from the battery perspective and even from the hitter's perspective. Uh, it remains to be seen, I think. Um, from my understanding, we'll kind of see it in spring training a little bit. Um, but So, you know, I, I don't think it should be much of an issue. Obviously, it'll affect more guys or some guys more than others. You know, where, where it can become an issue is, you know, certain points of the game you might need to take a little bit longer than others, you know, especially later on when it, it becomes more meaningful. And if, uh, if the penalty for a you know, a clock violation is is affecting the outcome of, of an at bat or a game potentially. That's that's where we run into some some trouble where we don't want to be. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's uh, not necessarily entirely up to us, but you know, we'll see how it goes in spring training and and um, you know what we might may need to adjust to uh, to accommodate. Yeah, and one of the things also people not talking about as much all the cloak and dagger stuff of uh, alleged sign stealing in a variety of ways and different signals and different sets of signals. Now, if you're going to put them on a the clock, now do you? Do you take that away? Does that help people who are trying to take them? There's a, a lot of different things uh, at play when you talk about the pitch clock. Finally, cameras. Uh, you guys have installed uh, some of the great technology there at spring training, so you have all sorts of data for a pitcher. You can say, hey, Kyle Gibson, look what your two-seamer did. You can look at how it moved in the zone. Um, as a catcher who gets it all in real time, do you find that that data generally backs up what your eyes are telling you or are there still occasions where you're like, whoa, I didn't even realize that as I was catching it? So from our perspective, uh, being in front of the pitcher, I think a lot of the, the things that we see is you know relatively easy to pick up when, when pitchers are doing certain things that especially get them in trouble or, or get them kind of off of their game a little bit. And I think the biggest thing is some of those slow motion cameras can uh, – a lot of times the pitchers aren't necessarily aware in the moment of, of what they're doing and why they're getting a, an outcome that – isn't necessarily what they want. So I think uh, a lot of times when we see that and we remind them, then it's a way that they can actually see it um, in in such a slow motion, um, you know, frame by frame kind of breakdown that it, it makes it a little bit easier for them to digest and, and maybe um, diagnose and then, okay, you know, I, I see what I did there at release point. Um, you know, I'll focus on on remedying that in a certain way. So it's it, it matches up pretty pretty easily with what we see, but but I think it, it's more important for them to, to be able to see themselves in such a slow manner that they can kind of diagnose what went wrong a little bit easier for them. Yeah, especially if you're a visual learner, you know, as opposed to hearing it, maybe you get to see it and actually uh, be able to put it to work. Good stuff, Jason. We appreciate your insight. As always, uh, best of luck with a continued great camp down there. We appreciate your time, uh, and thanks for joining us here on the Twins Hot Soap Show. All right, thank you. That's Jason Castro. Max Kepler was here as well. Thank you for joining us. However, you uh, tuned into our program here this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another edition of the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, right here on your home for Twins Baseball.